No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Redemption, thy name is spelled P-I-O-N-K. Good afternoon, Winnipeg. Good afternoon, Manitoba, for all those joining us live this afternoon on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. We say good afternoon, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. With Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss an absolutely massive victory by the Winnipeg Jets. They pull a defeat out of the fire and end up with a 3-2 overtime victory over the pesky Nashville Predators, a game the Jets absolutely had to have, Dave. And for a while there, it looked like they weren't going to have it. It looked like they were going to you know, do all the right things, not get the goals as necessary, and then uh, would have been an absolutely crippling defeat at the hands of the Nashville Predators. Yeah, Drew, there's no doubt about it. Uh... Good afternoon to you. It's only been, I think this is the shortest turnaround in the history of this show. I'm not so I'm not certain we've ever done a show so quickly after one show ended. Yeah, it's so pretty quick. <laughs> this might be the quickest one we've ever done. I mean, I know we used to do not only we've ever done one this quickly. Anyways, this seems this seems like it's the, the quickest. And just imagine if we still did three hour Saturday shows instead of a two hour Saturday show, but we do not we we limit it to two hours. So anywho, uh we will, uh, sorry, I'm smiling because we're live on a car in McPhillips. Thank you, PM, you are PLD fan fix. We, uh, we appreciate being on your car. Hopefully you're paying attention to the road while listening yeah. to this show and Please watching be us. Safe. Please yeah, be yeah. safe. If you're, wa- if you're, if you're yeah. watching us on, in your car while you're driving, all we do, all we ask is that you're safe while doing so. Especially since McPhillips is my old neck of the woods. So I want you to be careful there, but anywho, look, the Jets, uh, the Jets did everything but score in the first 40 minutes, and that's something they've done a lot of, is anything but score, you know, obviously after being shut out by the Bruins. And the powerless power play is still crippling this team, and that's, of course, something we're going to talk about, Drew. But this team needed these two points. I mean, they needed these two points in the worst sort of way, and, and you know, you're, you're curious as to what kind of – I mean, again, the Jets were controlling the play, but they weren't they weren't doing some of the little things that you wanted to see them doing, like being in front of the net and trying to create some chaos. And I kept – I tweeted out in the – it was either second. I said I, I looked for the dif- definition of the word greasy. I said someone might. It must have been in the second period. I said someone might put, want to post this in the second intermission just to show the Jets that they can score greasy goals. Or conversely, I also said the Jets may want to have a new rule in effect: no sure. passing allowed. Yeah. Nikolai Ehlers showed their value in no passing, and Adam Lowry showed the value in looking for a greasy goal. So, you know, the Jets got back in it, and then of course they got the win. So. The there's still some things that that are going to need to be cleaned up in this Jets uh, on this Jets team. But look, at the end of the day, Yusuf Saros is still an excellent goaltender. Mm-hmm. And Nashville's a team, as we talked about with Adam Vegan today of Sportsnet, they're a team that's feeling good about themselves. And, and it's funny because I detailed it on Twitter while I was watching the game because I'm watching this this Nashville team. And I'm thinking to myself, OK, this guy played for the Admirals. This guy played for the Admirals. Ten of the 12 forwards that were on the ice, I think it was with the exception of Sissons and, and Duchesne, played for Milwaukee either this year or last year, and including five of the top eight scorers for Milwaukee. And the reason I say that is because, you know, these are guys who are playing for roles on this team. And they're, and they're looking, and we talked about that, right? And that's and I wasn't certain that you're going to see it, but like I said, that's a significant number. 
when you see that many of their guys who are playing from their AHL club. And again, these guys have pride. Like they're NHL or NHL or guys who are on the cusp of being NHL players. They all want to earn a spot. They weren't going to lay over and die. And they, why should they not earn themselves a playoff spot if they can? You know, I'm just saying, obviously, it's an obvious statement, Drew, but I'm just saying, like, it's not as if you're just going to roll over them. And and the Jets controlled the puck. The Jets con- did everything. I mean, they did have that feeling of, oh, boy, here it goes again. And everyone was in, in on Twitter was talking about how tight the Jets are. But, you know, you, you're, you're, you're out shooting them 13 to 2. You're down one nothing, And you're thinking to yourself, dear Lord, what are you going to have to do? What kind, How many chickens are you going to have to sacrifice in the intermission in order to get a goal? You're right. I mean, the, you know, everybody's worst case scenario was playing out in, in their minds. Dave, check to make sure your microphone is plugged in properly, please, because uh, we're getting a little bit of reverb on it. So just double check on your microphone, make sure that you're using the right uh, setting and you're not using your computer instead of your your uh, your mic there. But- I was using the wrong one. So why didn't anybody tell me that, for God's sakes? Could you give well, me a you little- were ramb- you were rambling. Well, Drew, so- Drew, as a host, as the host, it is your obligation to say to me, Dave, Usually the chat does. So, so just to just to defend myself quickly, I must defend myself. Normally, what happens is there's Ezzy's there, so Ezzy's usually the one who's talking right after you kind of do your little soliloquy. I'm reading the chat now. If I was to jump in at one point, the chat would say to me, "Manuk, your you know your 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 audio sounds off," and I would be reading the chat. But because I was trying to make eye contact with you and look in your eyes, Drew, I uh, or maybe I was looking at myself actually. But regardless. Uh, I didn't see the chat saying anything and I didn't see myself and you didn't give me an indication using the private chat. So I'm sorry, folks, if my mic was off for my first opening monologue, I will start it all over again. Yes, <laughs> Let's first. restart first. the show entirely and, and, and get back to the beginning. You the were, Milwaukee Admirals. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You were speaking so eloquently. I didn't want I know, to, uh, I I didn't know, want to uh, interrupt you, but uh, I thought I'd take the opportunity uh, after you finally took a breath, you know, and you got yourself some some oxygen. And now and people are saying my volume's too high, so I'm going to turn my volume down. No, How's no, that? I think they're just saying turn the volume all the way off. I think they're saying we're done no, listening to no, you is what dude, they're saying. Come on. But in any Shane, event, Shane Dog Winnipeg would never say that. Never at all. In any event, good job uh, fixing your microphone there. Uh, just like the Jets fixed uh, their, their offense because, you know, it, it, it was like that. It was exactly like we've seen from this team so often where – they're piling up some shots, but against UC Soros, you know, they have to be, you have to have traffic because he's not giving up juicy rebounds. I was in the car uh, for part of the second period listening to the game while I was taking my kids home from gymnastics and Jamie Thomas, good friend of ours, who's a way better color analyst than he is a fantasy football player was Go saying, on. look, the jets are, everything is from the outside and they're one and done. Yes, mm-hmm. they're piling up the shots, but it was all one and done. There was no sustained pressure. There were no rebounds. There was no traffic. Uh, and, and that's just not going to be a recipe for success against UC Soros because he's that good of a goalie. And on top of things, something that sort of went, you know, not talked about tre- tremendously mm-hmm. is that the Predators were without Roman Yossi for the last two periods uh, of this game. You know, they're without... Yeah. Their best player, beside you know, you know, you can say UC Saros is their best player, but Roman Yossi is certainly their best skater 
uh, on that team. And so they're playing without, you know, this is a depleted Predators team, as we as we all well know. And if he's out for any lengthy period of time, that's the end of the Predators. I mean, I think that's the end of the Predators anyways. With, yeah. with tonight's uh, Jets getting the two points, I just don't see them overtaking Calgary and then the Jets. And mm-hmm. But, you know, they're still going to be fighting. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if Yossi's out for any significant period of time, that, that's the end of that for sure. But, you know, the Jets just, you know, they didn't get to that hard area until really, I mean, look, until the Lowry goal. The Lowry goal, it, it, you know, happens right from the blue paint. The game-winning goal happens right from the blue paint. That's where you need to go, especially against a Predators team that is undermanned, undersized, under-talented. The truth is the Jets should have been there from the get-go. And yeah, there were a lot of shots, and yeah, there was uh, they were doing some good things, and let's not take that away from them, but it needed to be more consistent from the puck drop. It shouldn't have to be tooth and nail against a Nashville Predators team. It really shouldn't. The Jets should be able to you know, lay the hammer down on a team every now and then. That's something they haven't really been able to do. I'm trying to remember the last time they absolutely sort of dominated a team. It's been a long time since they did. This was an opportunity for that. They got the two points, but there's still more to build upon. It's funny. I'm not so sure I agree in that regard, Drew. I I mean, again, you got to remember the Jets came limping in. It wasn't Nashville that was limping into the game. It was the Jets who were limping into this game, both from a from a special teams perspective on the power play specifically, of course, and from a points accumulation perspective. So, I mean, and, and again, Nashville has been a team that has been rolling of late. And despite losing to Chicago of all teams, the last game, they had won a number of games. I think they had three in a row prior to that, and they had gotten themselves back into the conversation. So I would say that your assessment will hold tomorrow after the game against St. Louis, a team that has nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. And uh, Winnipeg, I think, is it, uh, what's his name? The, the goaltender. Um, Joel Hoffer. Joel Hoffer. He's yeah. going to be, uh, is it Hoffer or Hofer? I think it's Hofer. Uh, I think it might be I think Hofer. it's Hofer. Yeah, I think it is Hofer. Let's go with Hofer. Yeah. Hofer, but he's, Hoffer, yeah. potato, yeah. potato. Let's call <laughs> I, the whole thing off. Well, we'll see if you call the whole thing off. Jets can't beat uh, St. Louis. But the fact is, if you want to talk about pummeling a team that has no reason to really you know, care anymore other than pride, then, then that's the opportunity. But I mean, Nashville to me was a team that, that came into this game with an expectation that they could win. You know, you have an g- excellent goaltender, you're playing well, mm-hmm. you've got guys who have a lot of heart, you know, you may not, you're not look, and we talked about it with Adam, you're not going to score five goals in, in the game against the Jets, but if they could have gotten one or two, they could have easily won this hockey game. Well, and the Jets needed to, to, I mean, the Jets, Jets had to, well, that's what I mean, yeah. but, but they, the one or two that they got could have been sufficient mm-hmm. to, to score, to win that hockey game. I'm just saying. So, so to me, Nashville wasn't going to be, I didn't think it was up for a pummeling in my mind. I, w- I thought it would be a close hockey game uh, as it was. Yeah. And, and it certainly was a close hockey game and the Jets, you know, you have to like the fight. You don't necessarily like that. It uh, was, it was so nail biting as it was that they were one shot away from a, uh, uh, what would have been a just a horrendous loss and that it required a comeback. You don't necessarily like that, but you do like the fight. You do like the, uh, they didn't hang their head after the, the, the predators retook the lead, you know, seconds after the jets tied it, they, they stuck with it. And you like that because I think a lot of the fan base was probably hanging their head saying, Holy shit. How do you give up that goal that quickly right thereafter? But the Jets stayed with it, and that was certainly very important uh, for them in order to be able to eventually come away with this victory today in Nashville. Well, you know, it's funny you, you say that, and I just want to quickly get this thought in because I, I, it was something I tweeted. 
does any team give up? And we don't, I mean, I pay attention yeah, to the Jets, right. the Moose. I, I don't know about all the other teams in the NHL, mm-hmm. but I, I honestly am hard pressed to think of a team that can give up a goal as quickly to start a period or as quickly as they score a goal mm-hmm. as the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, it's just a killer from a, from a momentum. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers gets that goal and you're like, okay, you know, the Jets are going to roll. Right. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the hell just, just happened? happened? Well, Neil so, Keong happened. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. He happened a couple of times in, in this game. He did. So why don't we get into the goals? Sure. It's the Betway game recap here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. We say a good afternoon to everyone that's joining us after the Jets' victorious 3-2 in overtime over the Nashville Predators. Bailey, my apologies. Yes, I did use a curse word. I'm sure it's the first time you've ever heard a swear and have never uttered one yourself. The Betway game recap is Brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. The Jets come out like a house on fire. You know, they dominate the first period. They dominate the early stages of the game. Uh, you know, they're they're a tap in away from taking an early one nothing lead, and on the subsequent shift up the ice, basically after they just missed the tap in, uh, uh, Cody Glass opens the scoring. He's in double digits for this year, his tenth of the season. Assist to Tomasino and Cal Foot at the five twenty six mark of the first period to give the Predators a one nothing lead. Uh, it's just, it's it's just an inexcusable giveaway by Neil Pionk that leads to this, and then it's a double deflection and a pinball effect and everything else, and it's 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 all sorts of ugly, but it's unforced and it starts with an unnecessary play by Neil Pionk. I'm just not sure what read he's making here, and I've been able to say that far too many times this season. The, the you know, it, it, it's just. You're, you're not under pressure. Even if you are under pressure, frankly, the players who are pressuring you shouldn't force you into panic mode. Mm-hmm. You need to have more composure in this instance. He doesn't. He just sort of floats it up the boards to nobody. It ends up on the stick of Cal Foot, and then he throws it towards the net, and that's where it starts pinballing around, and eventually Cody Glass uh, puts it behind Connor Hellebuck, just it, it it didn't need to happen because you didn't need to give up the puck from uh from the beginning yeah philip tomasino by the way is a player i i liked in 2019 i remember when we were doing our draft prep yeah. he was a guy i thought actually the jets could go a center and big boy and uh, uh they obviously went with uh hinola but i like tomasino for the jets i thought he would have been a good addition to the to the prospect pool but um yeah i mean look cody glass good on him we've seen all the work the hard work he he's done to to get into the NHL, mm-hmm. uh, kind of after dealing with some disappointment, he's up to ten goals. Drew, as you said, and people, you know, he's against the Jets. People like to see a Winnipegger, uh, and a, you know, and a, I don't know him personally, but apparently a good kid, uh, have some success at the NHL level. So good on him, score that goal to to give them a lead. And look, it's it's just an unfortunate series of bounces for the Jets and against Connor Hellebuck. But you know, it would have gone a long way, as you said, 
if I'm, I went back and I watched, you know, I yeah. saw a lot of people saying this guy's at me at fault. This guy's at fault. And the reality is, look, when a goal goes against you, usually two or three or four guys are responsible for something that broke down and resulted in the goal, whether it's Connor Hellebuck and whether it's a defenseman, whether it's a forward at some point, every player on that line probably broke something down yes. in their coverage in order to res- allow the other team to make, you know, to convert on it. But to me, I was watching it and I was like, okay, so Neil Pionk has the puck behind the behind the Jets net, and he's really he's got a little bit of pressure. So he's got Shifley behind the net, and Shifley's behind the net with nobody around. And someone joked, "Do you really want to be giving Shifley the puck behind the net?" <laughs> now I understand that, but he is open in that instance. So uh, and and he's giving you an opportunity to as an outlet, right? So he doesn't use that, and he turns turns opposite Shifley, which I thought was a curious decision. But regardless, that happens. You know, he turns now he turns into pressure. Okay, so he's turned into pressure. What does he do? He loses the puck. Okay, again, that happens. You guys lose the puck. It's not the end of the world. Right. It's not great, obviously, but it's it's it is what it is. But then the problem is he doesn't move. He's just standing around. He's and he's not really even looking. That's the problem. His head's not really on a swivel. So you watch him. He's standing there, like second, two second, and then again, there's something off with his skating. So he's just not able to quickly go from a stop to front of the net position in time to cover Cody Glass. So Cody Glass is unencumbered to get to the front of the net and he tips that puck home. And so, again, you you can lament Neil Pionk losing the puck, but guys lose the puck all the time. Like right. it happens, you know, through, probably 10 times in a hockey game where a guy will lose a puck in their zone and you and it doesn't result in a goal against. But when it does, you kind of have to say to yourself, well, what could the guy have done to negate that? And had he gone and actually tied up Cody Glass, mm-hmm. there's maybe a bit of a better opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a it's just an unfortunate it's an unfortunate circumstance. One, because again, the Jets were dominating, right? They're out shooting them heavily at this point in the game. I mean, it was, I think it was nine, two, they scored on their second shot, but more importantly, the Jets are a tight team. They can't really afford to have mistakes because the mistakes they make end up in the back of their net. So here's another instance, Drew, where we're talking about, again, early goal. It was like one of the focuses on TSN broadcast talking about how the Jets are giving up these early goals in the last, I think it was like five or six of the last eight games right. where they've given up an early goal. And now you're thinking to yourself, again, here's another instance. I think, what was it, four and a half minutes in, whatever it was? Yeah, five. Uh, it was 526. There you go. So 526 is into the game, and you're just sitting there going, in a game where you've started the right way, and you've got the, you've had possession, and, you know, sure enough, you find yourself down one nothing. you're thinking, here they go again. Yeah, look, it, it was not a good performance by Neil Pionk tonight, despite the fact he ends up with the game-winning goal. Which but that is, to, of course, the beauty that, of that's hockey. The, I, yeah, of course, you know, redemption. That's why I said redemption, I, you know, is spelled P-I-O-N-K, but the numbers are ugly. Uh, his Corsi 4 percentage today, Dave, against Nashville Predators, who uh, I remind you are not a very talented hockey team. Uh, 26% is his Corsi 4 percentage. Him and Brendan Dillon, Brendan Dillon's uh, Corsi 4 percentage, 36%. So a really, really rough game for Dillon and Pionk uh, today. But at least Dillon, you know, provided some physicality. Uh, you know, he got into a, he got into the fight. He, you know, he was noticeable out there, I thought, for some decent reasons. Pionk, again, uh, you know, he gets the game-winning goal. So, you know, he, he that is that is a positive. But an ugly game for him in the course of today's Jets victory. We say good afternoon again to everyone. The clock has struck 4 o'clock. 
uh, in the central time zone. The Duke Blue Devils have lost to the Tennessee Volunteers. So our apologies to Adam Vingan, who joined us uh, about a few hours ago talking about his, his Duke fandom. The Jets victorious in Nashville against the Predators this afternoon. This is the Illegal Curve Hockey, pardon me, Illegal Curve uh, post-game show, the Betway Game Recap. And before we get to the uh, goal scoring that occurred in the third period, because after the goal by Cody Glass five minutes into the first, it was uh, snake eyes for everybody after that for a long time, you have to talk about the Jets' power play because it had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to put this game away. What does a power play goal do to the tenor of the conversation to this game? It changes it dramatically. What does the Jets' power play do? It does nothing. I mean, it just does nothing. And it's the same old story when it comes to the power play. I talked about it this after, this morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I said the opposition doesn't respect Blake Wheeler's shot. They don't. He doesn't have a great shot. He would be the first to tell you that the strength of his game is not his shot. So what does the opposition do? They play off of them. It's like playing against a basketball player who can't shoot a jumper. You play off of them. You stay away from them. You let you challenge him and say, "Okay, beat us with your shot. We don't think you can do it." The Predators did, you know, had the same approach when it came on the Jets' power play. Our buddy Scott Billick referenced it as well during the course of one of the Jets' early power plays. There's no respect for for Wheeler's shot. You know who's got a good shot? Nikolai Ehlers. We saw it on the uh, game tying goal, the first game tying goal. And we'll get to that in a second. But the continued deployment of the power play units is perplexing. And I will gladly give Rick Bonus the benefit of the doubt for the most part. But this has gone on too far. I don't know if it's a disagreement amongst the coaching staff. I have no reason to believe that. But whatever they are seeing when it comes to this first power play unit that insists it needs to be rolled out the same time and time and time and time and time and time and time again needs to stop. It's not working. Your power play could have won you this game a lot earlier. It could have put this game away a lot earlier. Instead, it lets you down, and the whole game is a struggle uh, as a result, or, 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 or contributing to that, the whole game is a struggle, Dave. Well, and you don't. it doesn't allow you to build any momentum, Drew. I mean, and that's what we've been talking about. And look, it's not this, this game, as you just outlined. 0 for 4 today. 0 for 5 uh, on Thursday against the Bruins. Mm -hmm. 0 for 3 against Carolina. 1 for 2 against Tampa. I mean, this is a team that has that much firepower. They're one for what is whatever I just said, uh, 14 in their last four games. I mean, it's just not good enough. And sure, the Bruins have the best penalty kill in the NHL. Right. So it's not a function of of that. And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to dismiss that. Stu's right. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers handled the puck like it was a freaking grenade on that uh, on one of the power play opportunities. And the yeah. first, and, and you know what? To be honest with you, uh, like I was watching the the first power play run out, and I was like, okay. And then it was crazy because they actually had a whistle with about a minute into it. And I thought, okay, well, now would be a good time to change the unit. And they stayed out there. And they stayed out there. I'm like, okay. And I just, again, like I said, like it's, it just goes, it runs contrary to everything Rick Bonus talks about. Because Rick Bonus always talks about go out there and give your best 30 seconds, 45 seconds, get off. Mm -hmm. You know, and instead, and I understand they need a goal and they have this, this idea. But right now, 
you have the 17th best power play in the NHL. Might be 18th at this point, maybe 19th. I have no idea what today's game did to it. But the fact of the matter is... It didn't improve it, I can tell you that. That's true. That's a good point, Drew. The math would suggest otherwise. So yeah. the fact is that, you know, it, it. and I'm watching it, I'm like, it was like a minute, I think it was a minute 28 for the first power play unit and 32 seconds for the second. And again, I'm I, like right now. It's just like, well, what are you doing? Like, what are they? What are they providing? That's 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 giving you the sense that they're going to break out of it. Because you're right. I mean, like the te- the the Predators gave Wheeler all the time and space. Yeah. First time he gets the first time on the I think it was on the first power play, the second one. He has he has like an hour to take a shot, misses the net, and his next one, Sorrow sees from 20 feet away and casually makes a save. And I'm not saying Blake Wheeler doesn't score. Every once in a blue moon, he scores a goal from that but it's like every once in a blue moon blue moons aren't free are frequent like it's not like a regular moon and we're not going to get into astrology here drew but like it's not a it's not a something that you can rely on and it's not something that's going to get your team going and so right now the biggest problem with this jets club and, and again look things could turn around they could get going after today they could go up against a weaker st louis uh, team tomorrow mm-hmm. feel good about themselves get some success and kind of roll with there because we've outlined the schedule soft the schedule is soft. So, I mean, again, it's sometimes it just takes a little bolder to get going to create an avalanche, but well, maybe that's, you know, maybe we'll see. That's what happens with this jets club. But right now the power play isn't working and, and how they just continue to roll out the same thing tr- time after time, after time, after time is, is, is inexplicable. It is certainly inexplicable. The jets go 40 minutes without scoring a goal and then they finally break through, and it comes sort of, you know, on uh, what didn't look like a dangerous rush. You know, the 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 Predators really had no response to the Jets at five on five for the most part in today's game, which we talked about. Five on mm-hmm. five, uh, you know, the expected goals were two point one to point nine nine for the uh, for the in the Jets' favor. Of course, the Predators scored two goals at five on five, but that's a separate issue entirely. <laughs> it just speaks to how the Jets controlled the game by and large. 617 mark of the third period the Jets finally get that all-important goal it's Nikolai Ehlers it's an absolute howitzer uh assist to Josh Morrissey and Mark Shifley uh and that ties it up at one and it's just another good shift the Jets were you know had getting good zone time the Predators really didn't have an answer for getting the puck out of their zone aside from just flipping it out uh you know a hope play and the Jets quickly transition it back in and Ehlers gains the zone, a clean zone entry, which is what he's great at and what he excels at. And this was just an absolute bullet of a shot. It was in and out so quickly that, I mean, at first for me, I just thought that uh, uh, Soros made the save and there was a big rebound. But then I realized it hit the mesh and came right back out so quickly, tying the game up at ones. A huge goal for the Jets, a huge goal for Nikolai Ehlers, who the team obviously needs more from. That's his eighth of the year uh, at the 617 mark of the third period. Yeah, and, and it's exactly what this team needed, right? Because I was, I mean, and, and one of the comments, I didn't get a chance to highlight it, but a comment just from a few minutes ago said, how many instances has this team now had three-on-one, two-on-one, getting these chances and then not even getting a shot on net? And I wasn't joking when I said this. Like, you know, like my tweet said, new rule for the Jets, no more passing. It's, well, they it's, passed it's, on a two-on-one. They passed the two-on-one. I just said that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, they, but they, they tried to at least, and they didn't get the shots off. Yeah. So what did they need to do? And then, for of course, it was funny because then someone responded and said, well, then I think you'll like what uh, 27 just did. Okay. Now, that was well. shortly after my tweet. But the truth is that that's – I mean, one of Nikolai Ehlers' best weapons is his shot. It's, it, and, it's an exceptional shot that he doesn't often – 
but like, Drew, he, you know, he doesn't use it uh, as often, or he doesn't get an opportunity to use it as much because he doesn't get the ice time that he should. Right, but I mean, like, look, it, it, there are so many instances where this team, like Dylan Demello, who's been more offensive this year than I think ever, probably, or or maybe matching one other year in his career. You know, he passed up a shot. There was another instance in the first period where Nikolai Ehlers tried to pass it over to, to Dubois for a tap-in, and it kind of handcuffed him. And you can see Dubois, I mean, he hasn't played. He's missed eight of the last nine games for the Jets. You can see that his timing isn't isn't 100% there. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that this team is just trying still too hard to not do what they need to do. And look, that wasn't a greasy goal. That was Nikolai Ehlers using what his natural ability is, which yeah. is, you know, hit one of his one of his best attributes is his, along with his skating, is his shooting. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that Nikolai Ehlers had a phenomenal game because he got a goal. I'm just saying we're talking about the one goal. Uh, we're talking about the breaking down that one goal. So the fact that matter is it's it's exactly what this Jets team needed because, you know, you've already gone, what, five periods now, Drew, without a goal. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a Jets team right now and you're you're feeling – you need something, anything to go right for you. Well, that's something that went right for you. And again, it was nice to see, you know, Mark Shifley going at the net and going towards the net at least. And that's right. You know, and, and Ehlers uses a bit of the screen, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a shot that beats Soros clean and it's a heck of a shot and it gives the Jets life. It does give them life. Uh, but in, in, in a fantastic example of why this Winnipeg Jets team is so maddening, yes. it takes the Predators all of 34 seconds to tie the game. And it's another one that's on Neil Pionk. I mean, this is, he just gets beat in the corner and then he loses his balance and then he's late getting back into the play. And it ends up with Luke Evangelista getting his uh, third of the season uh, assist uh, to, uh, uh, who got the assist here? Sorry, Tommy Novak, a household name if there ever was one. He gets uh, his 17th assist and Tyson Berry, the ex-Edmonton Oiler, uh, gets his uh, 35th assist of the season. And it's just a self-inflicted wound. I mean, Pionk has to be stronger. He has mm-hmm. to win that puck battle or at the very least muck up the puck battle and get some help from his teammates. He can't just get beat clean like he does. And then as a result, I think he fell down uh, just to add to the uh, comedy of errors. And then he's late yeah. getting back as a result of the fact he had to get off the ice or get up off the ice. And Evangelista just sort of shovels it just over the the goal line to give the Predators a 2-1 lead. Uh, Like I said, all of 34 seconds afterwards, it's just a goal. You know, uh, you know, what is, what is uh, Kevin Sorry calls the bump up shift. I think that's what the the cliche he uses the bump up shift. Well, the Mm -hmm. Jets get burned on the bump up shift uh, yet again here. uh, And this just can't happen. You just have to find a way to not, you know, you've, you've dominated this game at five on five. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that the Predators somehow have two goals at five on five is is, is hard to believe given how, how one-sided the game has been, yet now they do and you're down 2-1 and you're getting close to halfway through the third period. Yeah, and, and again, it, it's the momentum killer. You know, like, you know, you can talk about a bump-up shift and, and wanting to take the puck, you know, like they did after the second goal, and we'll get into that after. But, but yeah, no, it was a terrible example. And again, it led to my tweet because I was like, you know, further to that idea of giving up goals when they start a period, especially specifically a first period, and when they score a goal. And it's just an absolute momentum killer because, you know, you go back to the bench, they're not even done announcing the goal. No, any and back goal in the, is look, scored back, when it's still mid-announcement yeah. is, is just is just a blow. It's a body blow. And and look, there were, we got to give credit. A lot of Jets fans were in Nashville yeah. for tonight's game, so or today's game, sorry, Drew. 
So it's not often that we've still got light on in, in the outside that we can see the, the, the light, the daylight still after doing the morning show. Well, you're not, you're in the basement, so you can't I'm see in, anything. I, I'm in a windowless bunker. I would kill for, for, for some light. Big, I got three windows here. So we got, uh, we got some light coming in here, but um, look, I, I mean, it's just, it's just a goal that can't be allowed to score and you can't. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's another instance where Neil Pionk is just, doing something that he shouldn't be doing right like yeah. you've got to be harder you've got to be stronger and he just doesn't look like he's got it and i know he scored in overtime that's great but like mm-hmm. it just seems like there's something off with his skating i don't know what it is and i don't anyways i again like i said it won't matter because we're never going to get a straight answer anyways until until you need a time until the team needs an excuse yeah. then we're going to hear a laundry list of everything that every right. guy when had the se- when the and, season's over whether it's yeah. playoff time or or whatever or, it is or the regular season whenever it's over that's when yeah. you hear that Pionk's actually been playing with a wooden leg or something <laughs> yeah. uh, all season long you know, yeah but but regardless i mean it's just a, it's a tough it's a tough break for a jet team that was you know feeling good about themselves feeling like hey maybe this will turn the tide for them and right. instead now they've got to sit there and they've got to go great now we got to try and get back into this game and fight back into this game because again, this was a game I, we could talk about it all we want, but like this was, we, I mean, we talked about it. Sorry. I should say we did talk about it all we wanted for two hours during the morning show, Drew. This was a must win game for Winnipeg. It really no was question. like the fact that like Nashville got a point, whatever, but this was an absolute, you could not lose in regulation today to Nashville. You, you and, and and you couldn't, and they didn't. So they do get the two points. We said this morning on the show, you had to get four points this weekend. Anything less than four points is not going to be satisfactory. Uh, and yeah, you don't love the Nashville got the one point, but you know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think Nashville ultimately had Nashville won tonight clean, then mm-hmm. I think then they would have been, you know, right in the in the thick of things. I think this loss plus the schedule that they have is yeah. really going to be an up. Yeah, I mean they have to go play them. they have to go play the Rangers tomorrow. Yeah, they have to go play the Rangers like, tomorrow. Good luck. Of course. Yeah. Is it in New York or is it in Nashville? It's in New York. They have to yeah. travel. So they're, yeah, they're have they're, fun with that. Exactly. So I mean, you know, and I don't put anything past them because they're uh, they they fight hard. You gotta love the fight that they demonstrate. No, no, they, of course, for sure. Yeah. Uh Adam Lowry's goal. So they're down two one. The Jets are Adam Lowry ties it up at the 10 15 mark. You know, Adam Lowry, you know, it does not bring a lot to the table offensively. We know that this is his ninth goal of the season. Come on, Drew, he's that. got two goals in his last 42 games. That's what I'm saying. But the <laughs> effort here is something that could be replicated uh, by the entire team. It's yes. he takes the face off and it's, there's not a clean winner on the face off. It's only on his second and third effort while he's down on his knees yeah. that he's able to uh, help the jets win the face off. It goes back to the point. The Mesnikov gets involved there as well to help it back to, uh, to Josh Morrissey. And yeah. where does Adam Lowry go? He goes right to the blue paint. Mm-hmm. And he goes there hard, and he's a bull in a china shop, pardon the expression. He will not be stopped from going there. Morrissey gets the shot through, and Lowry is there to clean up the rebound, and he puts it past UC Saros to tie the game at two. And whatever you think of the this iteration of the Winnipeg Jets and whether this team is going to largely get blown up or a lot of these guys are not here for much longer. I can tell you that two names that are going to have letters on their jerseys in the next version of the Winnipeg Jets are go- and guys who are here for the long haul are yeah. Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry. Morrissey obviously brings more to the table offensively. 
not to mention defensively, and he's been spectacular this season. Adam Lowry leads by example, and he doesn't gonna he's not gonna get you a lot of goals. It's just it's time to think to stop thinking of Adam Lowry as a guy who's potentially gonna get you 20 goals because he's not. You don't you don't go 42 games scoring twice in 42 games and think that this is anything more than maybe a 10 or at the at its top a 15 goal scorer in the season. Right. But the example he showed here is something that a lot of the quote-unquote superstars on this team could take to heart because he refused to be – he would not be denied in helping his team on this goal to tie it up at the 10-15 mark. Yeah, Drew, I, on Twitter I called it a will to win, and that yeah. was what he did, that's what he displayed both from trying to win the faceoff, determination on the ice to, to get feed that pack – that puck puck back to Josh Morrissey. And it was funny because I had actually said when the Jets were down one, nothing, I think it was, I think it was one, nothing. I said, this feels like a game where Josh Morrissey is going to have to take it over and give the Jets a win. Yeah. And he ended up with a multi-point game with two assists on the two goals in regulation. But you could see that Josh, it was, you could see him building up a little bit, but this one was, you give Adam Lowry all the credit for what, for a couple of reasons. Again, the desire to, you know, it was kind of happy Gilmore-esque. Don't touch my puck, baby. That's my puck. And that's kind of what he did. He really did. He was on the on his knees, actually on his back, basically yeah. fed it back. And then from there, again, sometimes you see these guys and they sit there for a second or two. He's right up. He springs up, goes right to the net, creates chaos in front of the net, puts home that rebound, and it's a huge goal. I mean, it's I mean, again, Captain Obvious. Of course, it's a huge goal. That to me is one of those situations where that is what Adam Lowry is supposed to be doing. And Nemestikov, let's talk about him. What yeah. a good addition he's been. Two goals, great. four assists in. I think this is his eighth game or ninth game. With the Jets. So, I mean, here's a guy that you weren't expecting much from. Nope. And, you know, people were... Okay, go ahead. Oh, go on, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say, people were going to, like, like we're, we're joking about what he could bring. But you know what? He's been a nice addition. He, he really has been a nice addition, especially now that you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who can slide back into that. And look, Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to need a few games to get back into game shape after missing, like I said, eight of the last nine. Sure. But like to me, Nemesnikov really does give you some more balance, and he adds some more, you know, je ne sais quoi to yeah, that. He's just a veteran NHL player who knows how to play in the league. You don't, you know, he's not a guy who you're hoping develops into an NHL player, right? You know, like a lot of the Jets' fourth line has been for the last number of years. Yeah, you know, you're not hoping that you're you're going to find you're going to strike gold, and and but Nemesnikov is going to be can be in your lineup 82 games a year. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's just a veteran guy who can play in the bottom of your lineup and he's going and he knows his role and he, and he knows it well. And he's the kind of guy that Jets haven't been able to get, you know, in free agency, let's say, you know, for a long while. A guy who, you know, it, has still has options mm-hmm. as to what team he wants to play for. And for better or worse, they don't often necessarily choose Winnipeg. But yeah. Nemesnikov is so key to a lot of teams' successes yeah. Because you just need those guys in your lineup. You know, right. If the Jets' fourth line ever became Adam Lowry, Nemesnikov, and I, uh, Mason Appleton, yep, that's fine. It's a good that's fourth fine. line as a fourth line. That's fine as a third line. That's the, the your these, you know the Jets have been trying to elevate Appleton yeah. and Lowry specifically yeah. to roles that they're not well suited for. They're not well, because third line again, players on really well, because good they teams. don't they don't produce enough offense. That's just it. 
They just don't produce enough offense. So maybe, you know, so that, the, you know, that's why you see a guy like Nemesnikov on the team and why he's able to make such a big difference uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, and you just, the, the subtle plays that don't necessarily always show up on the score sheet, this one did as he got the primary assist, but the subtle plays that he makes and just the educated intelligence that he demonstrates, uh, you know, uh, more often than not goes a long way in helping a team uh, to victory. Well, and I just highlighted the comment from Flying Dukes because it's true. I mean, he he does he ties up in that faceoff zone and he gets right. he helps make that play happen. And if yeah. he doesn't, then it's a there's a chance that that goal doesn't end up going in, and the Jets maybe tie it, but maybe not in that instance. So I mean, it's it's one of those situations where you you laud the guys again, a group of, of players there for doing the right thing. And Adam Lowry goes to the net, finishes it off, gets that monkey off his back. He's feeling good about it, and. Mm. More importantly, Drew, you saw the emotion he he demonstrated. The you know the because he knows how important that goal is not only for himself, yeah, but for the for the entire bench, for the team and their playoff hopes. You need that goal. Uh, you know, you you need that goal so uh, you know so badly to to feel you know to to just to get back into this game. Well, and and again, more the thing I was going to say is, and the one thing you saw from Winnipeg right after. So when was that goal scored, Drew? What what time was it? Uh, 10 15 mark of the third period so, so just the, after the, the mid, latter just, just after the, the back half yeah so so the reason i say that is because what did winnipeg do they didn't they did what they didn't do the last time they tied the game they actually they had, had a, a they had that yeah. good bump up shift because right. they actually went and they took it to nashville mm-hmm. and that's what you were watching for does winnipeg sit back tight say we got to get at least a point out of this game or do they go for it right. and you know the nice thing is what did the shots end up drew uh the course of the game 34 20 Thirty-four twenty, which for for is, is twofold. Number one, it allows you to run Connor Hellebuck tomorrow. No, question. we thought we, no we thought Connor Hellebuck, we thought Connor Hellebuck was going to play tomorrow, anyways. Yeah, but this allows Connor Hellebuck. To, that's unquestionable. He's playing tomorrow because there's no doubt. You, my, no doubt at all. Yeah, so Connor Hellebuck can play because you've only given up twenty shots, uh, unless you know, with the caveat that you know, unless there's an illness or something that we don't know about. But you know, based on the the workload he got today, there's no question he's the starting goaltender for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, which means David Reddish is for sure going to be the starting goaltender if you if a legal curve gave the Ginsburg guarantee <laughs> that Connor Hellebuck will be your starter. But anywho, the point is that the Jets, you know, didn't play for a tie, which is important because these were an important you you don't really want to give Nashville any life, right? Because like right. I said in the opening of the show, Drew, this is a team that's feeling good about their game overall for the last ten games since the trade deadline. They haven't felt badly about themselves. They've been rolling. So from Nashville's perspective, from Jets, sorry, the Jets' perspective, if you could have gotten a clean two points. That's what you wanted to see the team go for. And you could tell in the third period that they were feeling it and that Nashville had a couple of chances, but really the Jets continued to pour it on and continued to, you know, you could feel them building and building. And Soros was good, and you have to give him credit. Uh, like a lot of the shots. I mean, what were the high danger chances overall at five at five? It was low. High danger I'm going to guess like three, two? Seven, four at five on five. Really? That's how it, because they, they must have, I, you know, you I to, for the game or for the, or for a period. Sorry. No, I'm talking I'm talking about the third period because oh, in the, sorry, for, sorry, the sorry. game overall, it was seven, it was, four for the game overall in the third period, the high danger chances were five, two for the jets. Okay. Okay. So I said three, two, but you know what? Yeah. The, the truth is because there weren't, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, and that well, illustrates that there weren't any, a lot in the first two periods. If you can do some simple math there, Drew. That's right. The high danger chances at the end of 40 minutes were two, two 
at five yes. on five. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, which which speaks to the fact that the Jets weren't getting. And I think the, they were three two at uh, with with the spe- when you go in special teams as well. Probably, yeah. uh, but you know, one of the high danger chances the Jets almost wanted in regulation. Pierre Luc Dubois, you could see the timing's just not there. You know, mm-hmm. he would say that he probably got hooked, and there was definitely probably uh, you know a, a stick close to the hands, if not completely in the hands. But the yeah. puck sort of he just sort of healed the puck after that Matt Duchesne uh, turnover. You know, I got to be honest when 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 uh, Dylan DeMello went down, like he got hit by the sniper and he just caught an edge and you could just see he caught an edge and he fell backwards. Like how many times have you seen that play happen where a guy catches an edge and somehow the puck ends up behind your goalie. And that's the immediate thought that I I came. Yeah. Uh, Turned out to not be that way. Thanks to Matt Duchesne giving up a terrible giveaway back to uh, DeMello who sent Dubois in on the breakaway and the Jets, you know, you know, we're close to winning it or getting a good opportunity uh, in, uh, you know, in regulation still, but they didn't. And it ends two all after 60 minutes. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to jump in because I was going to say it was almost like Matt Duchesne was like, I don't want to go to the playoffs. Like, what are you yeah, doing? That's Here, right. take My this puck back. Over. I want to get golfing. Yeah, know? like, come on. I he's, looking ar- to do. he's looking around. He's like, okay, Roman Yossi hasn't been on the bench for the entirety of the second period or third period. He's like, yeah. I don't think so. Here, here, Dylan DeMello, go on, go, go ahead, go snipe on the breakaway like you like to do. That's right. In any event, uh, the jet goes to overtime. Uh, the Predators get the possession to start overtime. Uh, Connor Halbach has to make a, a you know, Connor, you know, a, 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 not a difficult save, but a save where there was no rebound, and that was important. And then the subsequently, the Jets win the faceoff and they take it up the ice. And Pierre Luc Dubois just would not be denied uh, on this overtime shift. He was, uh, you know, a bit of a man against boys out there at different times during tonight's game. And he just got the puck on his stick. And he, after he called from it from Ehlers and Dubois gains the zone and he cuts uh, from his right to the left and he lets go of the shot. And then Pionk is driving hard to the net. And this should be a lesson. Look at the Jets, you know, last two goals of today's game. They come from just outside the blue paint. This one, Neil Pionk getting redemption for his poor play by and large in the course of the 60 minutes and 55 seconds of today's game. He gets his ninth of the year, assisted Dubois and Ehlers, and the Jets get an all-important 3-2 victory over the Predators. As a result, the Jets extend their lead over Nashville to five points. The Predators with three games in hand, of course. Uh, the Predators are the Jets are now five points ahead of De- uh, Calgary as well, pending the result of the Flames and the Stars later tonight. And also, it's worth pointing out that the Minnesota Wild lost this afternoon uh, on home ice to the uh, to Bruins. the Boston Bruins. The Avalanche won against the uh, Detroit Red Wings, as Colorado is now only a point behind the Dallas Stars for top spot in the uh in the central division so again nobody wants to play a colorado avalanche team that has now won five in a row but the jets get the win they lost two in a row they feel good about themselves they head to st louis tomorrow to face the blues looking to sweep the weekend series dave yeah no i mean it was it again we've we've talked about it and you you went over it so i, I don't need to reiterate it too much but it was a it was a good overtime for for winnipeg and that makes them nine and two in extra yeah. time i mean they've been they've been dynamite and calgary has I think, as he said, what, like 13 points in overtime or shootout losses, but the Jets just continue to bank points, those extra points mm-hmm. coming in extra time. So they've they, it's really been a boon to them. And, yeah, you wanted to see Pierre-Luc Dubois. I mean, he's been so valuable, and that's one of the things we talked about, Drew, was how important Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be to this team and, and, you know, down the stretch because you're going to need 
all these guys, like all hands on deck as the, as the cliche goes mm -hmm. to, to see that this team can actually do what it needs. And this is the time to make the hay, right? You beat Nashville. That's good. But Nashville again is a team that's feeling good. Tomorrow, St. Louis, another test, but you, you know, that's one you need to really put step on their necks and you can't, again, that's not a third period comeback. Okay. We got to win. No. That's a, that's where you erase them in the first period. And then you hold it the second and the third. That's what the Jets need to do tomorrow, or yeah. at least an early second period, you know, three, one, four, one game. They should and dominate. They should dominate. Yeah. Oh, they should win handily for once. It's been so long since this team has truly won handily. You're, yeah. I mean, the Predators are fighting. The Blues are literally just fighting other players for no reason. <laughs> you know, that's the difference between the two teams. The Jets need to jump on it early and often and just make it a, a, yeah. a one-sided game. I, I'm trying to think the last time they did that was probably right after the break against the Blackhawks on that 9 o'clock start on that Saturday night. Uh, that was the last time, you know, the, the, where the Jets really sort of uh, affirmed themselves against a, uh, a weaker opponent. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't really say the Rangers game because that was all Connor Hellebuck. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Drew. I think that, like, yeah, there's not, maybe that Senators game that's going back to January 21st. Uh, well, but, but no, the Blackhawks game, the one that they won uh, on the when Saturday. Was that, though? The, the oh, that 4 1, that 4 1 game. Yeah, 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 on the 11th. Okay. Yeah. That was the that, first game after the um, break. After that's the break. what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Before we go to break, Seagram's shot of the game, courtesy of our friends at Seagram's. Fireball tastes like heaven, burns like hell. Nikolai Ehlers gets the Seagram's shot of the game with his absolute bullet that tied the game at ones early in the second period. If you're looking for something to uh, take a drink of tonight, we recommend all of the finest Seagram's products, which are available at, at your local Liquor Mart retailer. And of course, we ask you that please consider consume responsibly on this Saturday late afternoon approaching evening prior to Saturday night when we come back more on the Jets and the Nashville Predators we'll look ahead briefly to tomorrow's game in St. Louis Drew Mandel Dave Manuk it's the illegal curve post game show live on a Saturday afternoon smash the like button folks you can know how to do it we're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, 
One call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Shortly before 5 o'clock in the afternoon, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you. Going to take this baby home on this Saturday afternoon, but we're not going to go far because we'll be right back at it tomorrow evening, right around 8.45 p.m. Yours truly and Ezra Ginsberg on the Illegal Curve post-game show after the Jets and the Blues. Tomorrow night, you never know what sort of shenanigans Ezzy and I are going to get up to, so be sure to set a reminder now on the YouTube channel channel set a reminder to always tune in to illegal curve get notified when we go live on our fine social media channels dave and we talked about it tomorrow's game for the winnipeg jets you know the, just as important they got the two today you need two tomorrow this part of the schedule from now through the end of the month this is where you need to make bank and you need to start feeling good about yourself you need to start you know, collecting points in chunks, not one win, one loss, one win, one loss, one win, two losses, like we've seen so much. They need to uh, find a way to go on a bit of a run, get them feeling good about themselves before they get into the month of April, 
where mm-hmm. things pick up just a little bit in terms of difficulty. You have another game against the Predators. You got the New Jersey Devils. You got the Flames in what will likely be just a, a probably a game with huge playoff implications. Yeah. Uh, you got the Wild. I think you have the Avs. Uh, you probably have some other games in there as well. Minnesota. Sharks, Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. You end with Minnesota and Colorado. Right. Exactly. After I think it's yeah. You got the last. You two play games. a bunch. You play five. I think you play five straight at home. Yeah. And then they, you so end- they go. They've got the game against St. Louis. Then they go Arizona. Three in California. Five yeah. straight at home. Uh, and then they end with uh, Minnesota and Colorado. Exactly right. And, you know, from the Jets perspective, ideally, you've uh, you've clinched something in those last two games so that they're uh, relatively meaningless or they're more for uh, positioning than they are necessarily for your playoff lives, because those are two very difficult places uh, for the Jets to go and be victorious in, because we know the lack of success they've had against Minnesota. And, well, you never want to have to beat the Colorado Avalanche, even though that might be how the first round playoff matchup ends up for the Jets, where they'd have to beat the Avs. And, uh, well, you know. I'm not necessarily a betting man. We know I am, but uh, in any event, our friends at Betway would probably have some heavy stacked odds uh, in favor of the Colorado Avalanche in that series. But that's getting way ahead of ourselves. The Jets need to focus tomorrow on the St. Louis Blues as they look to sweep the weekend series uh, in that contest. You know, you you like a lot about what the Jets did tonight. You like yep. that they stuck with it. You like that uh, they they fought through the adversity. But at the same time, you know that it needs to be cleaner tomorrow and it shouldn't be as difficult. And that's really what I'm curious about. Not the, okay, we got two points. That's all that matters. It's the, how did we get these two points? Did we play with a level of confidence that we haven't seen from this Jets team for the last little while? And that's going to be important that I'm going to watch for in tomorrow's game. Yeah, I agree with you, Drew. I think that's absolutely going to be the necessity for a Jets team that is, you know, we talked about it with Jeff O'Neill, obviously former NHLer, the O-Dog, and now on TSN Overdrive. And he talked about how you want to be stumbling to a certain degree, but you need to start to pick it up eventually. Right. And I remember I, I looked at years ago, I was curious how important was the last 10 games of the regular season for a team having success in the playoffs and specifically winning a Stanley Cup. And it wasn't there wasn't any sort of clear indicator. Some teams had a poor final 10 games, still ended up winning a Stanley Cup. I think it was the LA Kings, maybe, or the Chicago Blackhawks. So, I mean, teams, it doesn't, there's no set, okay, every team went in, you know, winning at least 70% of their last 10 games. So there's nothing like that. But for a Jets team that's been middling yeah. since game 30, this was game 70. Yeah. You know, this was game 70 of the season. You know, 40 games ago, people were talking, it was it was a much different conversation for the Winnipeg Jets and their and their fans 40 games ago. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you done for me lately? And and <laughs> And lately... And it's a lot more than lately. The Jets have been uh, average, and so they need to do they need to do some damage, as you said. They need to do damage for a variety of reasons. Number one, for their own psyche, they need to be able to have some good feelings in that room. They need to remove the tightness. I mean, you know, they beat the Florida teams, and again, can you imagine where this team would be had they not had that success in Florida, well, which which not many of us anticipated. A lot right. of people were expecting, you know, maybe one win out of those two games, and then a tough game in Carolina. So, you know, you've got a Jets team that has up, we, we talk about it a lot, right? Of narrative. What's the narrative right now? And then, you know, the sky is falling when teams lose one, two, three games. Yeah. And, and yet the Jets could erase a lot of the concerns if they won today, they win tomorrow, they win on Tuesday. And then you've got, 
you know, the California run, Anaheim, whatever. L.A., obviously. L.A. and Minnesota, the two hottest teams in the West, at least, since mm-hmm. the trade deadline. But, but you know, that so L.A. is not going to be an easy one. No. But And then you got San Jose. So, which, again, should be points on the board. Yeah. So, like, it, it's definitely an opportunity for Winnipeg to create some good feelings and to create some more importantly, as you said, Drew, play to that X. You know, we talk about play to the whistle, play yeah. to the X. Play till you get it, till you clinch. And that's what the Jets need to do. They need to build on today's game because you don't want to be inconsistent like the Calgary Flames. You don't want to be, which is what the Jets have been basically, right? Like they've won, lost, one, lost, one, lost, one, two, one, lost, and then lost two, lost three, lost four. There's been a few more of the L's than the W's. Mm -hmm. So like I said, tomorrow, I mean, are you, if you're the Winnipeg Jets and their fans, are you taking a three, two win? Sure you are. But it's more about what can you do to propel yourself into a game against Arizona and feeling good about it. And, And again, you want the excitement to be there. You don't want fans to be nervous. You don't want fans to be like apathetic. That's the, you know, the death knell of, of an organization. You want fans to have some anticipation Tuesday night. Uh, Arizona coyotes are, are, are going to be in the building. What is that going to mean for you? Like, what is that going to mean for this group? You know, if you've got two wins together and you get a good start, the fans are going to get excited. And again, like I said, it, I, not everybody's going to forget. I'm not suggesting that this team is going to win a Stanley cup, but for all the folks who are like, blow it up like guys and girls, the fact of the matter is this team is this team for this season. 22-23 is done in terms of the lineup, the construction. Right. So you whatever you want to do for the summer, that's great. That's going to happen in the summer. But, but might, as no well, one, might as well succeed now in the in the, no, in the, in the interim? I mean, I would know because I'm, some, people would say, some people would suggest no because they don't want to give an indication that this team should run it back the way it's going to be run back, you know, well, you next have year. To, that, then, you, then you have to hope, you have to trust that the, 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 the people in charge – are able to cut through the noise and actually see this team for what it is. Well, and because I, would imagine I agree with you. There's no reason to to run this team back again next year. But I mean, Drew, I, I would imagine that based on the way that Kevin Chevaldeoff didn't make any moves, major moves at the trade deadline, right. was his indication of that. But regardless, I mean, we don't know. That's. But I'm just saying that there's. You could say blow this, blow that. It doesn't really make a difference because ultimately this team is still this team until whenever they're done playing and we do our end of season media availabilities. Right. So until that point, this is the team they've got. This is what you have to do. So if they go on a little bit of a run and they get some wins together, I mean, it, you don't just say, well, you forgot about all the 40. I'm just saying, you you know, you just, you erase that. You see what this team can do. And then again, like I said, you have to have obviously some sober second thoughts and some analysis as to what this team was overall. You know, not just recency bias and say, oh, okay, well, you know, hey, they won the last 10 of the last 14 games. We'll forget about the fact that, you know, they lost you know, 45 or 55 to 60% of the games uh, in a, in a larger, a much larger sample size. But to me, you just see what this team can do for the last, what do we have? What are there 12 games left now? Uh, yeah, there are 12 games left now. Yeah. Yeah. So there's 12 games left. You'll see what this team can do for the next 12. You'll see what they can do if they can make the playoffs. But I think that what this win did was firmly established as he called it. This was a must win game. We said that, and they must won a must one game. There you go. I'm not sure that's proper English, but I'll accept it nonetheless. Tough duck, (laughs) hardest hitting comment. Sometimes they're just short and sweet. Jason Eastwood gets the tough duck, hardest hitting comment for his comment earlier on. (laughs) They're renaming the Disraeli overpass, the Winnipeg Jets overpass. Uh, That's speaking to the Jets' uh, tendency to look for the perfect play and not take the simple yet effective play, particularly on the two-on-one and three-on-one that the Jets had during the course of today's game, where they managed to not register a shot 
on goal despite having those uh, man advantages. So congratulations to Jason Eastwood. Jason, send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com or slide into my DMs at IC Drew and we'll hook you up with our toque courtesy of our good friends at Tough Duck for your new naming of the Israeli overpass to the Winnipeg Jets overpass. Drew, uh, someone who takes the Israeli overpass uh, almost every day, I can yes. on my way driving to Elmwood, I can tell you that I don't overpass on Israeli, especially because oftentimes for all those, if you know, you know, there's oftentimes police at the uh, in the midpoint who are watching for folks who are using a little too much speed down the uh, down down the ramp. So safety pay attention first. To that. Safety. I mean, first. I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a big speeder anyway, so it doesn't matter. But safety first. Legal Curve Merchandise Contest, the unique code word. You know how to enter the contest, but at this point in time, you click the drop-down arrow on the YouTube channel. You see the contest link. You can find the contest page on our website, IllegalCurve.com. You enter in the unique code. Uh, the more things you do on the contest page, the more opportunity you have to win great Winnipeg Jets merchandise, courtesy of us here at Illegal Curve. Today's unique code word, Dave M., explain the origins of of the code word red river cats. Well, this one I think has some double meaning if I, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, so what do you think it means, Drew? Well, while I look up something specific, you tell me what it, what you think it means. I assume it has something to do with catfish. Correct. And the connection between catfish in the red river of Winnipeg and catfish in the, is there a red river in the Nashville, Tennessee area as well? That's the, uh, that's the best guess I can come up with is that it's definitely catfish related. I get the Winnipeg Red River reference. I'm not 100% certain on the connection to our good friends in Nashville. Because they throw a catfish on the ice that's, okay. at, at Nashville games. So I but thought, that, is there a Red River in Nashville? No, no, no. The Red, because okay. I was trying to suggest if the Jets would, were the winners, then yes. the Red River cats are the better cats fish than, uh, than, than the Nashville version of the cats. So, yeah, commented a Pred fan threw a catfish on the in the ice. So there you go. And, and also shout out to our friends at Red River Cats, the ice fishing uh, outfit who we were planning on, but of course I could never get around to it. So it's going to have to be a next year sort of thing. But we were going to use Red River Cats. I, I can't call it a nice shack. It's a nice palace because yes. it's fantastic. And uh, they have we met them of course at the ice fishing. Uh, expo that we did in early November. Mm -hmm. And so Red River Cats, uh, good guys out there. And we are hoping to do some stuff with them next year uh, because this year Dave M was incapable of, of getting that going. So Red River Cats, shout yes, out sir. to the local, local company and also shout out to those who like to fish in the Red River. We'll forgive you. Red River Cats, enter that onto the contest page. You get 10 bonus entries in the Illegal Curve merchandise contest. You may end up with some Winnipeg Jets gear like our good friend, all the way from Singapore, Singapore, he tunes in. John Chan is the winner of the Illegal Curve merchandise. Contest. I just hope he has a. I just hope he has a Winnipeg mailing address. Because otherwise, <laughs> it's our ma our mail bill is going to be a little a little more expensive this month. Yes, it might be if you uh, have to ship it all the way to Singapore, but I'm pretty sure John has a connection here in Winnipeg that we can get the uh, merchandise too. So congratulations to our good friend, John Chan, uh, who I haven't noticed in the chat this morning, but that's probably because, hang on, what time is it in Singapore? It's like probably six in the morning, maybe? Uh, I'm not sure. Double check what the, the time zone difference is. Uh, the time in Singapore is 5.49 a.m. Well, then there's, so, no, you know what? 
I revoke the win. No excuse for John not to be up watching this show. <laughs> yes, exactly. He should have woke up at uh, 4.45 in the morning uh, to really prove his illegal curve fandom. Exactly. Uh, but John, congratulations. We will be in touch with you as you are the winner of the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. We want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors for their long-term ongoing commitment to us at Illegal Curve, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, where uh, Chris Red has been performing all weekend long to sold out shows, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, The Keg, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, Seagram's, Boston Pizza, Tough Duck, and of course, the title sponsor of the Illegal Curve post-game show, our very good friends at Betway. Thank you to all of you for joining us. You, a lot of you have been with us this morning and again with us this afternoon. We encourage you to come back again tomorrow evening, 8.45, probably tomorrow night at that point in time. I'll declare that night. Yeah, it's you and Ezzy having to, ar- you and Ezzy having to argue, no. Drew, of course, as to what it is. But with Ezzy not on the show... And yeah. I'm me taking no position on it either way. Yes. The floor is yours. There you go. In any event, uh, we look forward to joining you tomorrow night after the Jets and the Blues. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh. Go on. Bring it back. Beep, 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 beep. No, I was just gonna I was just gonna say quick. Uh folks, Phyllis is the last comment on the podcast. That was February twenty-eighth. We're already March eighteenth. So I'm not going to put too Dave's much pressure on you. talking about the iTunes, the iTunes page, folks. That's the what iTunes page. For, yeah, that's well, I mean, hey, some YouTube comments. I got, you know, I mean, folks, I'm doing the recap after the game. I'm looking for something to do, some level of interactivity. There maybe, you know, usually if, as he's here, we can do a post-post game show. You Which know, I'm, I miss. Broadcast under any circumstances. Will not be broadcast. Although maybe we could do like an after dark version of IC. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it doesn't, all the shows do that now, Drew. Everybody does that. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll no, that would cut into Kenny and Rennie. We don't want to do that, but. I think, are Kenny and Rennie live today? Yeah, I think they were on location somewhere. That's another thing we have to do that we, uh, we, 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 we've, you know, we're planning on doing it, but as you all Much know, Much like, yeah, well, Drew. Yeah. So everyone meet us on the Red River. Right. At Red River in the Cast, ice, in the ice, in the ice fishing uh, castle. Yeah. We'll be there uh, sometime in mid July, I think, is when we'll get that down. Yeah. Anyway, so um, if you can, yes. after the show, yes, maybe go and leave a comment about what you think about you know, a legal curve and the legal curve post game show and the legal curve hockey show, legalcurve.com, And, uh, you know, all those good things. And remember, of course, folks, no, there's no rain. There's nothing for Manuk moose minute because there's no, there hasn't been a moose game, but, but tomorrow. rain. No, 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 no. True. It's a moose game tonight. I know, but I'm saying tomorrow we can do a Manuk. Well, technically be a Midel, can, it'll be a, yes. minute, a moose minute. I was tomorrow. like, uh, calm down there, tiger. I don't think so. You're not stealing that. My, my thunder, but, um, I can check right now if anybody's in- curious about lineups. We can look at, I can figure out where the, what's going on with the lineup. Oh, you got things to do? I got, I got things to do, my friend. I'm, Fair enough. Yeah, okay, so it does matter. In the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. Okay, p- pay attention to the IC Dave Twitter account and we'll have updates there. Of course, I'll have it on illegalcurve.com. You can find out what's going on with the Moose. They take on the Chicago Wolves at seven o'clock in Chicago today and then they'll play again tomorrow. Uh, camera the puck drop i think it's an afternoon start tomorrow but i'm not 100 certain and then of course winnipeg guys going for history 54th win uh potentially tonight against prince albert in winnipeg so uh ice are in action it's going to be a triple header of hockey for folks in winnipeg 
There you go. Lots going on. Keep it locked to illegalcurve.com. Thanks to everyone for joining us this morning and again this afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow night, 845 or thereabouts. For Dave Manuk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.